Welcome to this week's episode of Top Shelf Dusters. Coming up, me and the gang discuss this week's NHL news, including the unexpected departure of another NHL coach. Shane Pinto is back after his suspension. Updates to the situation with Milan Lucic. What the hell is happening with Elvis Merzlikens? We also discuss some predictions for NHL awards and this month's power rankings. Anything you want us to talk about? You can hit us up on Twitter at Top Shelf Dusters, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Dusters, or you can email us at Top Shelf Dusters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now cue the music. Hey guys, welcome to the Top Shelf Dusters podcast. I am Amanda. I am the fact checker for this crew. Tonight we are joined with Jesse. We're well into 2024 and the New York Rangers resolution is to not play hockey anymore. Joined by Brett. Hey, what's up? I'm one of the only six Panther fans. We had seven um, after the nine game winning streak, but after the four, we lost one. So down to six. And joined by Cass. Brews were a top three team last year. They're in the same spot this year. Consistency matters. I hate that. It's the worst. The worst. Yeah, that was the worst out of all of us. I hate you. As one of my favorite memes go, jealousy is an ugly emotion. Right, Amanda? (laughs) Thanks. So we're going to jump right into the NHL news. There have been some injuries that have occurred over the last week. One of them is Alex Kalorn. He went down with an injury in the last week. It was announced today that he has undergone anthroscopic left knee surgery and he is expected to be out of the lineup for four to six weeks. My first thought on this is this is already his second injury on the season, right? He, he came back recently from another one. I had him on my uh, fantasy team, so I've been kind of keeping up with him that way. And I have to think for the Ducks, they should be pretty concerned about this. They just signed the guy to a pretty big four-year deal with the over $6 million cap hit. And if he's already having these injuries issues now at a guy who's already above 30 years old, this is something that could potentially just continue to get worse. And so even if he goes on LTIR and then kind of gets around that issue, I don't think that's what they wanted out of this guy when they signed him to that deal. They didn't want a guy who's sitting on LTIR. No, I mean, what what else would they be signing him for? Uh, if they were expecting him to, they're expecting him to play. They're not expecting him to sit off the lineup and collecting his paycheck, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, you know, and they're uh, experiencing some injury bug right now with Trevor Zegras out. Pavel Minchikov is out. Leo Carlson only recently returned. Uh, Radko Gudis has missed a few games so far. So... The Ducks are not having a really good season uh, on the ice, and their players are getting pretty banged up. I think, if anything, it's just going to help them get closer to the lottery pick, kind of like Connor Bedard missing time in Chicago. It's going to help the team that's rebuilding. Yeah, they want him in the lineup, but in the long run, it's going to help them secure a better pick coming next year. And the way that contract was signed, I know it was, was it four times six, I believe, or was it it's, six times It's a little four? over six. It's a little okay, over so. Six. I was going to say maybe he was trade bait, but that's a pretty big cap hit for an aging player. So it was more of like a veteran leadership move, I think, especially with the young guns in that lineup. But hopefully he smacks kind of Gauthier around a little bit and teaches that kid some respect. <laughs> yeah, you bring up the, the fact that they're going to end up higher in the lottery. And, and for the Ducks, they are definitely still rebuilding. They brought in Killorn and Gudis um, 
who are veterans, but the goal with those was not to come and perform and get these guys to win a cup, but to help the young guys get better, hopefully a little bit faster. Like uh, Cass, you just said, help some of the young guys grow in their maturity. The one, but another thing to think about is, you know, there's been all that trade talks with Trevor Zegras, and we don't know if there's any truth to them, but they're mostly just rumors. Lots of rumors. Lots of yeah. rumors. But I, I get, they feel true. I mean, Zegras is, he's, he's a pretty vocal guy. He's, he's got a big personality. I can see him potentially wanting out. And I know he's being, he's injured, but part of me, and it's all speculation, but part of me wonders like how much is it injury and how much is it not wanting to play? You think he's feigning injury? Is that what you're saying? Potentially. It's, it would be, like I said, hmm. I have, the only thing I have to back that up is just pure speculation based off of his course. personality. It's not like they're trying to make the playoffs and they're making an LTIR move. Right. Right. That's right. They, they don't, they're not saving him for the playoffs. They're not going to make it. I do have a little bit of breaking news if we want to talk about it real quick. Um, Florida's William Lockhart has been suspended for three games for goalie interference three. on Mark Andre Fleury. Three. Yeah, he he ran into. I didn't I didn't watch the game, uh, um, but I saw the highlights and he 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 ran into him pretty hard. I, the the side I've seen from Panthers fans is that Fleury was going to play the puck. The five other ones. Yeah, the five other ones. When that what they said is uh. That the fact that Fleury was going to play the puck, he should be treated like any other player. But that's just not how he was out of the crease. Yeah, he was going to play the puck hmm. um, behind the net. Um, so a lot of people say like once you a goalie does that, you're fair game. And I but I don't think I don't think the NHL feels that way. Obviously, with three game suspension. No, um, and if it happened to uh, like if it happened to Bobrovsky, the Panthers fans would be he should be suspended. So. I, I don't mm-hmm. I three I would do I would say two games probably would have been better, but it is what it is. William Lockwood is a fourth liner. We can bring a guy up, take his place, it'll be fine. Steven Lorenz will probably get a few more games. So not has gonna... anyone seen that hit? Because I haven't. Aside from Brett. Cass, have you seen no, it? No, I'm trying to find it right now. I'm finding the fight, but I'm not really Just finding it. Just do Lockwood so. Flurry. That's right, did. But um was it more of like a loot chick on Ryan Miller kind of hit, or was it like did he skate out to the dots, or was he behind the net? Well, he was just going to play the puck, pretty much, and then kind of ran him over. <laughs> if he's out of the net like that, I mean, I can understand suspending him for a little bit. You know, three games I feel might be a little bit too much for that. I don't know if he has any suspension history. They may have taken that into consideration if he does, but I feel like that's a little over the top for a guy who made a hit on a goalie who was out of the out of the crease he wasn't even in the blue paint yeah i mean it's weird the clip i found it kind of cuts right at impact but it kind of looks like there was an act job there did he truck him like shesterkin act job um no it looks like he caught him a little bit but i mean it doesn't greatest actor in the league (laughs) it doesn't look like it was anything um worn three games you know it it is what is the the nhl's like you know they've been this way with the suspensions all year i don't it's I think they're, oh, well, I was about to say they've been consistent, but I. I no, they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we all know they haven't. Uh, it feels Brett, like, on. I feel like it, with suspensions, there's been every time we 
feel like it's not been the right number, right? Or some people should be should have been suspended. I know Nick Cousins been talked a lot about this season by um, more popular, like on Spin Chicklets. I mean, Bissonette got really mad at Cousins. And, they went in on him yeah. on that on that podcast. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think Cousins could have deserved a suspension for some of the stuff he did. Um, if if you say he doesn't, that's just pure bias. He, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been an interesting year for these suspensions. A, a three, I don't think is justified. Um, but it it is what it is. He doesn't even have a prior history either. No, you know, this guy, this like is he's, he's a, a rookie. Defender. He's played a handful of NHL games. He, this so. is he's this kind is his shocking. first season in the league. He's been kind of a minor league dude. So, like, we won't miss him per se. Sent you guys the link to the hit if you want to see it. Yeah, we're taking a look at the link now. Oh, that's come on, that's weak. That's a weak hit. That's a weak suspension for for the uh, NHL Diops. I mean, how could they go? How could they go ahead? And suspend this guy who has no prior history for three games for a hit like that. That is just such a weak call, man. It's just because it's a goalie. It's it's weird how it cuts out, too, at the contact. It's just because it's a goalie. It's Marc-Andre Fleury. I know, I know. I understand that, and, and I get that he's a big name, but he came out of the blue paint, he came out of his crease, and he took a... He took a a weak hit. It didn't even look like he he trucked him or anything like that. That's that's malarkey. That is a stupid call. Future Jesse here. I watched the hit again and I disagree with past Jesse who doesn't know what he's talking about. Stupid hit. Should have been suspended. I would have said two games, but yeah. Does that change your opinion on the Aaron Dell throwing the elbow or shoulder in the kid when he was coming around the net? No, that was a good ago? one. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of goalies, moving on, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes goalie Piotr, Piotr Kochetkov. Amanda will sure definitely corre- cor- correct you if you did. Yeah, please let great. me know. I'm pr- he's, there's an O in there for no reason. I don't know why. Amanda says you um, nailed it, Jesse. Ooh, thanks. He was placed on injured reserve Friday for a concussion. He exited a game against the Anaheim Ducks in the second period on the 11th of January. Uh, he was ran into after making a save, and there was clear head contact. He was put in concussion protocol and out indefinitely as of the 12th of January. The Hurricanes then claimed Spencer Martin off waivers from Columbus. And uh, I don't know, he hasn't played a game yet, yet, uh, Amanda, has he? No, he hasn't. He, uh, he just arrived to practice today. Today was his first practice in with the team. Who is the other goalie for Carolina besides Spencer Martin now? Ronta, right? It's just Martin and Ronta? Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing pretty well despite the goaltending issues, though. Um, later to, in this episode, we're going to talk about power rankings. And so I was looking at, like, last 10 games and all that stuff. And Hurricanes have been doing well, which, I I mean, this, despite all the goaltending issues, which it seems like that's just a Hurricanes thing now. Like, uh, ever since Cam Ward, you know, just kind of been rotating goaltenders in out there. Unfortunately, that's the one piece that our GM, Don Waddell, just can't seem to figure out. Like, really collects defensemen like no one else. And then bullies were, like, scraping by through the years. Even bringing back defensemen that have been problematic for other teams. As we've mentioned in the past, uh, Anthony D'Angelo, our boy. He's not, he's not even playing. <laughs> like, he is, like, a pretty much consistent, healthy scratch. Okay. Is he playing that poorly? Like poorly, y- yes. Comparatively to everyone else, 
again, the copious amount of defensemen that the Canes have available. They could just rotate him in and out then. With Tony D'Angelo, he had problems both in Philly and New York, right? Mostly New York. I don't really think there were much issues in Philly, were there? Really, the only issues in Philly were that he wasn't producing. And Tortorella like, went on record saying that like he expected way more from Tony D'Angelo. Like, that was really the big issue there. Okay, because I was curious. Like We all know Philadelphia fans are usually trash, and New York has its own reputation. Getting along with everyone in Carolina, it's kind of... That we know of. <laughs> are you saying are you Not saying weird. it's the fans yeah. fault are you saying it's the fans fault <laughs> uh maybe one or two i don't know any new york rangers fans that have been a problem over the last 10 years come on and not no not a one no me either not a one <laughs> so not. spencer martin was from columbus right yes yeah, that, so I, there was yeah we'll talk about this later but that is not the columbus goal i would have expected to be heading to carolina <laughs> If they were going to get one. <laughs> you and all the other Canes fans. Um... They picked him up off waivers. There wasn't they did. a trade on they that. They did. He, so... They just thought, hey, this guy's available. Let's grab him. They didn't have to lose any capital. Don't have to give up future um, considerations. The the star of all trades. Like Yes, they picked him up, but it doesn't feel like it's fixing the problem. It feels like you're slapping a Band-Aid on like a wide open wound. A very uh, flimsy Band-Aid. Yeah. Like, well, it it's like a band-aid you found, like, already used, and so you're going to, like, I guess this will have to do. I can't find a new That's band-aid. disgusting, Brett. <laughs> That's absolutely disgusting. Spencer Martin's numbers are on par for Carolina Hurricanes goaltenders, too. He's played 13 games, three wins, 3.65 goals against average, .887 save percentage. So he's already, you know, one of the better Carolina Hurricanes goaltenders. <laughs> this year so oh quick point he is playing he is playing in front of a kind of a crappier defense but like he reminds me of peter mrazic where he can kind of keep the team in a game but he's not going to win you the game you know what i'm saying like he'll, he'll keep you in the game for a period and a half and then all of a sudden it'll just yeah. be like oh there's a leaky one oh yep. there's a leaky one like he yep. played you know, i think he was in net when the bruins played the, the blue jackets and it was like gosh darn it we can't get a goal we can't get a goal and then all of a sudden it was like oh there's four and you know, 16 minutes. Cool. We're good. That was his last game. That's correct. That happened to um, Caden Primo this season, too. Um, I don't know. You just were saying that. That made me think of the Panthers playing the Habs. And the Panthers were up one nothing the whole game. But in the third period, all of a sudden, in like less than two minutes, it was 4 nothing. So there's a couple of goalies who have that issue. They can play well for a stretch. But if your offense doesn't help you out, then they start just letting everything through uh really quick nick v in chat says don waddell might be gone if he doesn't make any moves at the deadline what do you think of that amanda i think it it's a very real possibility um again because this goalie issue for the canes is not new to this year if it was new to this year you'd kind of be like okay like give him some time to like figure it out but like how long have we been talking about freddie constantly being injured in and out like poor Kachekov last year like just up and down until like, the very end i hope i hope Kachekov ends up working out for carolina because him getting hurt kind of makes the situation like we already have to deal with all these goalies who keep getting hurt and Kachekov is supposed to be they, they were hoping that he was going to be the solution i still think he will be but so you hope these injuries aren't something that's consistent because that's been the issue with um, ever since they got Freddie Anderson. He has his issues, but you know, 
like it's not been so much interest on the ice. Like he's had the blood clots and everything. It's still he can't play this year. Yeah. Um. And the thing with Kachekov's injury is like this was like no fault of his own. Not even the player who ran into him. Uh, I was watching that game live and. The, it was a home game for the Canes, and hearing the fans chant "Refuse suck" when there was no call made, when it was very clearly Dmitry Orlov who pushed the other player into Kachekov, it was just like one mind blowing. As just a general hockey fan, it's at least promising. Like this isn't the start of like him being injury prone. Like this is just kind of like a one off thing. And I think with him playing more consistently in the NHL, like he has been since Freddie's been injured. You've seen him grow and get better having that opportunity. Those sound like the exact kind of fans who would support TDA. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. You're saying a home team's fans being biased against, you know. That, never that, would, that would never happen in Boston. Never happen. No, no way. <laughs> no. Right. I wouldn't know. I can't afford tickets. That's what you get for having a good team. It'd probably be cheaper for me to fly down to Florida and get you, a ticket. You said it is, right? You said it is. <laughs> it probably is, yeah. yeah um, next year, next year, that might not be the case. It's it keeps going up because the team is getting better. So that's the price you have to pay. You're if you if your team sucks, the the tickets are cheap. But if you want to be good, you gotta pay a little bit more. Tank for good ticket prices. Bill Zito, GM of the year. Um, he, I don't think he was. I don't think I think he was nominated. I don't think he won it. I meant for this year coming. Oh, this year coming. I I I'd have no problem with that. The dude signed all these defensemen, and we have Jesse's already shaking his head. No, up until <laughs> the last couple games, uh, we have one of the best defenses in in the in the league. We had like a ninety five percent penalty kill for like twenty games. It was insane. I could see him being in the running right. for that award, but I think I think Jim Rutherford's going to get it. Oh, sure. I mean, what a, what a they're both deserving. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but the way that he's turned that team around up in Vancouver has been dramatic over from over the last couple seasons since he's been uh, in that position. All right, we'll talk about that later because I disagree. We'll talk about your disagreement. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. So let's move on to the next injury we have to talk about. Um, this is with uh, San Jose, right? Um, we got it is. Mikhail Granlin and Ty Emerson going on IR, but Logan Couture um, returning to the lineup. They still suck. Granlin was injured in Tuesday's 2-1 to shootout loss to Chicago, and he won't be eligible to come back until at least January 27th against Buffalo. Emerson was placed on injured reserve today. He's considered week-to-week and hasn't played a game since January 9th against Toronto. I don't recognize Emerson's name, like, off the top of my head. I know a lot of guys, but that's that's definitely not one of your household names, as with most of the Sharks roster. (laughs) Yeah, the Sharks don't really have a very notable roster. I'm pretty sure he is a a defenseman, a bottom-pairing defenseman for the team. But with that, you know, as Brett mentioned, Logan Couture is back, and and he'll be coming back tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. He's been out all season with a lower body injury that he sustained in the offseason, and he said today that it was a hip-slash-groin issue. What do you think are the chances that Couture gets injured again before the season ends? I think they're pretty high. <laughs> that dude is always hurt, man. We talk about a lot of players are always hurt, like Line A is one that comes to mind. Couture, I can't remember the last time this guy 
played a full 82 game season if he ever did i think that the opportunity for him to get hurt again is pretty high which is unfortunate because i think that obviously san jose needs him i don't think they're gonna be playoff contenders for a long time but if they're going to have a shot they need kotor in the lineup yeah and they've got him signed three more years eight million cap hit so they want him to play like they don't they don't want to keep sitting him on the sidelines on injured reserve like you said they they want him to play I don't know. This guy's got tons of issues with injuries. Just has been a super unlucky career for him. Started out um, super high, expected to kind of take over Patrick Marlowe's kind of um, position with the Sharks being like their top center and just hasn't quite had that same impact. So what we're saying is the Sharks sort of held on to Pavelski. (laughs) Exactly. I'm sure they wish they did. Moving on from that, Valery Nachushkin of the Colorado Avalanche has announced that he is going to the player assistance program. The league and actually the league and the players association announced that on Monday. Nachushkin missed Colorado's game on Saturday night, last Saturday night, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was not on the ice at the skate for the Avs on Monday morning. He is quoted as saying, I have made the decision to seek help and enter the player's assistance program. My goal is to address my issues and prevent any negative outcomes once and for all. I want to thank my wife and family, my friends, the Avalanche organization, and all of our fans for their understanding and support. I will do everything I can to get back on the ice and join my teammates as soon as possible. Who was that? Um, it was, it was Scott Darling, right? Who said the negative things about the player assistance program? Yes. Yeah, clearly those didn't make any sort of impact because players are still entering it. And to me, that speaks a lot of volume that these players still recognize they can get help from here, regardless of Scott Darling's experience. Right. And even with that, this is the second abs player that has entered That's the right. program this season. Samuel Gerard was away from the team for a month and missed nearly six weeks worth of games after seeking treatment for severe anxiety and depression that led to alcohol abuse. Did, um... Nishkushkin, choo-choo. Um, was he in before, choo-choo. or is this his uh, first trip? Did he enter last year with all the stuff that was going on, or was he just away from the team? I think he was just away from the team. I don't believe okay. he actually entered the player's assistance program. Like you mentioned, Jesse, Gerard was in this program, so you have to imagine, I mean, those two definitely talked and said, I, I imagine that Gerard gave them a good recommendation for Nishkushkin to enter the program, or maybe... Um, I think Amanda's looking it up, but if if he had entered it prior, then you know he 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 already knows. And I think that's I think the main point I was trying to say is like it's starting to make Scott Darling look worse and worse. The more players keep going back to it, um, makes it look like that Darling's experience was kind of like just a a one time issue, and most players are not seeing the same thing. And I don't know if that's what you guys wanted to talk about with this, but that's just where my mind went. No, and and I understand where you're coming from with that, considering, you know, what he did say was pretty... Harsh. Was pretty Very blatant. Harsh. Yeah. And I don't really remember word for word, but essentially he said that that the they, they were bad people, you know, uh, that and that was a really big point that he had made on a podcast maybe uh, back in November, that the Players Assistance Program were were just filled with people who were trying to get you out of your contract. And obviously, we're still seeing players enter the Players Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad to see that his words didn't have that much of an impact for the players of the NHL. He did not enter. Everything that I've read, he did not enter before he just stepped away from the team 
when everything happened back in April. And to go back over what happened in April, what happened there was he was in Seattle on during the playoffs. It was the first round, and uh, there was a 911 call of an intoxicated woman that needed medical assistance that had found that had been found in his hotel room prior oh, yeah. to Game Three. So that's what happened with that. There was really not much more that had come out of that. The woman had mentioned that his pass her someone stole her passport. They didn't she didn't indicate that it was Nichuskin, but that was what happened with him there. And as Amanda said, he did not enter the players assistance program during that incident. I don't think they ever found if there was actually any even truth to that story. I mean, it, <laughs> I I remember seeing that. That was wild. It was a pretty wild incident for sure. Moving on from that, we have some contract <laughs> extensions to talk about. I don't know how to say this guy's name, and I'm probably going to butcher it. The first name is rough with that. That I think it's, <laughs> isn't it Alexi? It looks Which more complicated. There's an than A that. in there, so I'm going to say Alexi Protas. Protas is definitely uh, the last name, though. <laughs> Uh, received a contract extension, which will kick in next season. It is worth $16.875 million and carries an average annual value of $3.375 million. He turned 23 earlier this month and has set a career high with 18 points through 42 games with the Washington Capitals. I uh, mentioned this to uh, my brother. Is This feels like a David Pulley contract. It's that long-term for a not-well-known player for for uh, a lower value um, just because that's the kind of stuff David Poley always did with uh, the Predators players. Like you take guys who are like middle six, bottom six, um, your lower defenseman. If, and if he likes them, he'll sign them long-term. You normally don't see that with your, your middle six, bottom six guys. Those guys normally rotate in and out of rosters. So I was kind of surprised. I mean, Protoss is not a name. A lot of people around the NHL instantly just like, no. So it was kind of interesting to see him get this long-term contract. But so far from what we've seen from him this season, it looks like he's deserving of it. Yeah, Capitals head coach Spencer Carberry said earlier this month that he's been one of our best players overall this year. It didn't start that way, and it's been well documented. He's continued to get better, better, and better. He's become now one of our top players. So the coach is pretty happy with him, which I'm, I guess is good to hear and has some sort of impact on this contract extension for Protoss. Sounds like it was money well-deserved. I was going to say, like, you, you kind of wonder how this opens up the market for other players that are around the same cal caliber, right? Because Protoss, even though he's been, like the coaches said, and we recognize that he's been one of the better defensemen, but this is not a typical contract you see defenders of this caliber sign. Normally they're signing short-term deals to hopefully improve their game and gain more money with each contract they sign. So Protoss is kind of like it's 3.375 for five seasons. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of also saying he's taking, I'd rather have the length knowing I'm going to get paid than rather um, try to get more by signing, signing short-term contracts, which to me, it's, it's brings a little bit question. How about, how much he thinks of his own personal potential as a player. Does he not expect much growth? Like, um, I mean, he does get the security of being on a NHL team getting paid, but 3.375 is not that much for 
uh, NHL player. That definitely makes sense, and it's a it's a good point because you know this isn't it doesn't indicate that it's a two way contract. This is a one way contract. So even if he gets sent to the uh, AHL, he's still getting paid that money. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's good for him. He's locked down on that on that three point three seven five. Uh, real fast, Brett, you keep mentioning him as a as a defenseman, and he's a center. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what I'm here for. Like we said, he's not a very well-known NHLer. But, um, <laughs> sorry. It could be one of those contracts in five years when the cap's up to 90, 95, even 100 million. That looks like a steal. Well, he's still like, a, I would call him a middle six, bottom six forward. So at least that somewhat made sense. <laughs> he's not your 1C, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. He's got three goals and 42 games played, 15 assists, 18 points. He's minus two for the Washington Capitals, who have kind of been pretty much middling over yeah. this season. They had a really great start to the season. They've kind of fallen off a little bit. I think that had a lot to do with the injury to Charlie Lindgren. Alex Ovechkin, I believe, is still out, and he's still not scoring. Um, and this is the second contract uh, that the Capitals have signed, the first one being uh, Tom Wilson, who signed a seven-year extension in August. <laughs> I hate Tom Wilson. Most teams do, everyone except Washington fans. <laughs> and Ovechkin is back. He is back. Good for him. Hopefully he can start scoring. That way he can uh, break his break that goal-scoring record. I mean, a lo- I know everyone would love to see Ovechkin break the record. I know even Gretzky's rooting for it, so, I mean... Gretzky's tired of being number one in all the <laughs> all the stats, I guess. I don't want to see it happen because I'm petty, and I think it would be hilarious that he doesn't do it, but <laughs> it would be good for him to do it for the sport because we need those records are meant to be broken, right? But witness also, history. he got his cup. Right. But he got his cup, and Lundquist didn't, so screw him. <laughs> he doesn't need this too. Be extra petty. I want Tom Wilson to get the primary assist now, Jesse. Uh, on... On the, the that Gretzky breaking goal. goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. As you didn't get to talk about this, but uh, do you, we talked a lot about... He's 100%, he 100% he's going to break it. Oh, yeah. On, Absolutely. But on the Capitals. Yeah, I think so. Okay, you think so? Mm-hmm. They're overachieving this year, kind of like the Kraken did last year. So, But I think he will... He loves bringing he that break up. break the record. You're just shanking me in the sides. That's what I mean. I got, I got to make up for two weeks of missing this... Oh, and Jesse, Jesse, you, Nick V, agreeing with you that Tom Wilson is the worst. Tom Wilson is the worst. I, I, I know a lot of people like Cass say that they would like you know people who are pests and annoying on their team. I wouldn't want Tom Wilson. I'll take Brad Marchand all day over Tom Wilson all day. I actually like Marchand. I, I've come to like him a lot more over the last couple seasons. I hated the whole licking thing that he did. That was weird. But over the last couple seasons, uh, I, he's, I've warmed up to him a little bit. It's weird. He never likes, for me, he never, like, obviously he's a dirty player. That was just, like, over the line, over the top. Like, what are you doing? It was disgusting. I don't think he, even Bruins fans like that. They were like, what the heck? Uh, it's, a dis- it's a distraction. It's a distraction for the, the team more than helping get under people's skin, which you're alive so. It was absolutely gross, and I hope that yeah. never happens again. It has in, in, what was that, five, six, seven years ago? But yeah. It was quite a while ago. And, but the, like, the incidents were close to each other. But any, anyways, we can move on. 
Yeah, moving on, we have another uh, contract extension for a player, Shane Pinto. Uh, we, we talked about before the episode, it was not so much an extension as he is finally signed for this season. It took him half the year to do it, which, of course, had to deal with the 41-game the suspension, yeah. But he will be able to play. So he was uh, signed on Friday to a one-year $775,000 deal that kicks in right before he is eligible to return from a 41-game suspension for violating the NHL's sports wagering rules. Pinto can make his season debut Sunday in Philadelphia and will earn a prorated salary of just under $360,000 for the remainder of the season. Yeah, um, so we, I, I gave uh, this hint to Jesse. Might as well give it to anyone who's... Uh listening here live and for those who are going to listen later when we re- release it on spotify and all that but actually for the people who are listening on spotify it's probably gonna be too late you gotta pick him up on your uh, fantasy team because he's probably going to be available he plays tomorrow me and jesse grabbed him <laughs> i already got uh the gm of my current league said good grab on pinto i was waiting to nice. grab him so nice. he's already pissed <laughs> off about it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah thank you i appreciate that um so just to backtrack a little bit, Pinto became the first NHL player of this of the league's modern era to receive a gambling-related suspension when he was handed a half-season ban in October. There weren't much details that came out surrounding why he was banned. They only really said that it had been related to gambling. They, they had mentioned that it wasn't uh, because he was gambling on NHL games, but there was a lot of speculation, particularly here on this podcast, about that not being true. Um, So it's good to see him back or coming back to the league. He was back in Ottawa on January 12th to resume practicing with his teammates. So there was a huge expectation that he was going to be signing some sort of contract. And that head coach for the Senators, Jacques Martin, said that uh, at the time he was expected Pinto to be in the lineup tomorrow, January 21st, against the Flyers. The funniest thing that came out of this whole Shane Pinto suspension was that image of Shane Pinto with the Senator's hat helmet that is advertising a sports betting company. It, it, it's like that the irony. The irony. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there was a meme that had happened around that time where it was uh, an NHL press release that they had put out on Twitter. It was an image of that. And it said, this suspension sponsored by Betway, <laughs> DraftKings, Bet365. I thought that was hilarious. Oh my gosh. It'll be interesting to see how um, Pinto does coming back. Obviously, I don't know if he's been allowed to practice with the team at all, um, if he's been able to be skating with the team. I'm sure he's been practicing on his own, making sure that his body's ready for the return. But it'll be interesting to see how he gels with the team if he hasn't been able to practice with them. He's still in a contract, yeah, so he's going to want to perform. That's right. You're right. Good, you know. So he wasn't able to have any contact with the team during his suspension. Mm, okay. He was he was back in New York, his hometown, while he was on the suspension. The article that I read did indicate that he was practicing, obviously just not with the right. team. Well, you have to, so yeah. Right. And he was only able to come back uh, within the last week to Ottawa to play with his teammates. Yeah, so it it's going to be a weird game for him. I don't expect him to get a lot of minutes this game either i think it's going to take them probably a full month before he really gets back into playing because he's been conditioning right but practicing on your own is a lot different than practicing with your team so 
Yeah, it's he's probably going to have a slow start, but I think once a couple weeks pass, I think he'll get back to um, producing the way that he was. This is going to be a huge benefit for Ottawa, who has been struggling this season. They are not doing well. Currently, they are they're in the Central Division, right? No, yes. they're they they're I'm in sorry, the Atlantic. Not the Central, the Atlantic, the one that yeah, has all are, the Canadian teams and then the two Florida teams. They are at the bottom of the wild card standings, even below the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oof. Though they do only have forty one games played, which is one of the least of the entire division. They're sitting at thirty three points, sixteen wins, twenty four losses, and one overtime loss. This was supposed to be a better year for Ottawa, too. Like, a lot of people had them, like, this team could sneak in, get into the wild card, and it looks like it's going to be another year where they're um, going to be trying to get a top lottery pick. Who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe, maybe they'll add Celebrini to the roster. I'm sure they wouldn't hate that. There's been a few teams that have had that, uh, Buffalo Sabres being another one that people were having a lot of expectations from, and, you know, they're also not doing well. The... It goes it goes eighth Buffalo Sabres, ninth Columbus Blue Jackets, tenth Ottawa Senators. So all of these teams that had these big expectations in the beginning of the year not doing well at all. And what's the common theme on all three of them? All three thought their goaltending was gonna be better this year and they all suck. One team, um, we weren't gonna talk about this, but it just made me think about it. One team that was kind of like a pick to be a surprise that's gone better, um, is the Detroit Red Wings. They are currently, if they're not in a playoff spot, they're like right there. They are second wild card. Yeah, okay. So that's a team that's kind of, everyone says this is a team that's going to improve a lot. Like we said, a lot of people were thinking Buffalo and Ottawa. Detroit actually came through on that, and their goaltending is probably the shakiest of all of them. They had three goaltenders, Reimer, Husso, and Alex Lyon, and, you know, those are all kind of gamble goaltenders. You have no idea how they're going to do. And Lyon had his stretch of six games that pushed Florida into the playoffs last year. But that's six games. You don't know how that's going to translate. He beat Florida just this past week because we can't beat any goaltender who's been on our team before. It's not going to happen. Um, but It's the curse <laughs> of the Panthers, huh? <laughs> well, I don't know. We had, we had the, Everyone was blaming the Ducks loss because Ratko was in the lineup. Like, oh, we weren't going to win because they got Ratko. But what, whatever. Anyways, the point I was saying is like Detroit's done well despite their goaltending also being kind of in a weird situation. So Detroit's done good. Buffalo and Ottawa. Moving on to our next topic, uh, GM Jim Rutherford of the Vancouver Canucks signed a three-year extension to remain president of hockey operations and general manager for the team. His current contract was set to expire after this season, and the new contract runs through 2026-27. Rutherford's going to be 75 in February, and he's going to continue to lead what has been an impressive turnaround this season for a team that he joined a little bit over two years ago. I'd say with how the Canucks have done this year, absolutely the right move. And you know Rutherford was definitely pushing to get the extension done as soon as possible. You never know what's going to happen later in the year. Vancouver could go on this horrible stretch. I don't expect it, but you never know. So might as well try to sign that extension while the team's at the literally the top of the league. So I don't have a problem with him being extended. I just don't uh, associate the success that they've had. All with. I put it more on the coach than I do on the GM, the success this year. 
They still have, for the most part, the same roster that they had last year. They have obviously the goalies doing a little bit better, a lot better this year than it was last year. But they haven't, they didn't add like a key cog this year that I can think of off the top of my head that he added in the offseason. That's why I argued against him for GM of the year. But who signed the coach? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. But that was last year, too. You know, like, Tockett had half a season last year. And the whole season this year has been a complete turnaround. I think with him having more of an opportunity, Tockett, that is, having more of an opportunity to gel the team during the offseason, that gave them a lot of a lot more potential to be a better team this season. And nobody was expecting them to be where they are. Vancouver has the talent. They, they've always had the talent to be this kind of team um, the last couple of years. I mean, most of the players, like, like Cass, you said it, they didn't really add anyone. This has been their team. They're just finally playing up to their potential. Now, here's one thing with the Canucks is I don't expect this success to continue in the playoffs. They're very, they don't, haven't really done much in the playoffs. Any of these players, it would be somewhat, I don't know if it's a new experience for everyone on the roster, but I know for Pedersen, for Quinn Hughes, I was thinking Kuzmenko, but he's been up and down this year a lot. But So bad. But, uh, he has not been good. But Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, that's their two big guys, and, and they don't have that playoff experience, and that sometimes plays a big factor in the success for the postseason. Like with, with Vegas, they already went on their cup run and they had quite a few players from that. And the players who weren't on that, aside from Jack Eichel, um, had playoff experience. So for the Canucks, I can see them potentially being a President's Trophy winner who goes out in the second round, which would just continue that President's Trophy curse. So I understand a lot of the players haven't had playoff success and playoff experience. Well, one thing that gets forgotten is Rick Tockett has a lot of playoffs. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. As a player and as a coach. So even though the players might not have it, the coach knows what to bring come that time of year. That might that might get swept under the rug and might be forgotten about. We had thrown around the idea of talking about who we might think the Stanley Cup final uh, is going to be against. And I had it uh, because I, I didn't want to choose my team to be biased, but I had it so that it was going to be a rematch of 2011 with Vancouver In versus Boston. Boston. And Vancouver winning their first Stanley Cup and a riot breaking out in the city of Boston. So I'm hoping that happens too. Dude, if you know Vancouver wins, they're breaking out in a riot. It doesn't matter what. Which. Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. The there real will, question there will is, be fire. will Milan Lucic be a scumbag in Boston or in Vancouver during that time? Uh, he's probably not going to come back to the team. He's not. No. I don't think so. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But uh, you wanted to you wanted to mention uh, moves that uh, Rutherford did, and you know he he did acquire Bo Horvat. Uh, he That's did right. get Philip Horonic. Did you mean he uh, traded away Bo? No, Horvat? he traded Horvat. I'm sorry, he traded away Bo Horvat and got Beauvillier, uh, who, who he, traded, he eventually got rid of. <laughs> How that work? <laughs> Not well for them. They bought out the Oliver Eckerman Larson's eight-year contract, uh, the final four well seasons year. of his eight-year contract, uh, who's he's doing well in Florida. Uh, they brought in Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, and Teddy Bluger, both, all, all three of names that aren't really too big. I think the biggest thing that he did was bringing in Casey DeSmith as backup for Thatcher Demko. That was a surprising move, because they, they, like, Casey DeSmith got a re- traded to Montreal. Didn't play a single game with Montreal because the season didn't start, and then he got traded to Vancouver. That, that was a good move, though. It, it ended up being a really good move. It, it was a, a gutsy move 
ish. I'm not mistaken, it didn't cost a crap load either. No, it didn't, but still, like, you never know. With goaltending, this, especially this year, you never know how it's going to go. It's It's been a weird year with goaltending. It has been a weird year, and now I'm thinking uh, PTSD for all of the games Igor Shostakhin has played in 2024. <laughs> Ridiculous. Moving on from that, in other news, Cal McCarr has become the second fastest defenseman to reach 300 points. He did so in 280 games, being second, as I mentioned, to achieve the feat behind only Bobby Orr, who did it in 279 games. Dude, he was so close. Against the Bruins, too. He had the opportunity to do it against the Bruins, uh, and he was unable to do that on Thursday. Kamlikar does lead uh, all defensemen this season with points as of right now, or as of I took the notes, uh, with 54 points and 44 assists. It's funny because the Avalanche got smacked by the Bruins, and now the Bruins are smacking the uh, Canadians 9-4. Whoa. Yeah, 9-4? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Bruins scored 6 against the Avs the other day. Five. Was so, it five? Okay. Yes. So, the, the this is kind of like an issue Ovechkin has dealt with when talked about conversations comparing different eras. Like, if Kale McCarr stays on the pace he's on and plays a full career, like 1,500 games, and players have played more than that, 1,500 would be a lot. And Bobby Orr only played, like, um, he played 700, just around that, I believe. It was not a lot. So if Kale McCarr can keep up this production but have a longer career, does he become the greatest offensive defenseman in NHL history? I think he has the potential to do that. I mean, his name is already uh, connected to so many accolades. He's a, he's a great player. Um, I don't really think he has too much of an injury history. I know he's been out a little bit, but I don't think it's been anything too major. I'm looking it up right now, but I do think he has the opportunity to be a really great, uh, to be the best offensive defenseman in NHL history. A lot of people, and Kaz, you might feel this way too, um, that Bobby Orr will just never be beaten because of the point-per-game production. So he had a short career, but in that span, his numbers were insane. So for some people, it's like, well, we'll never know really what Bobby Orr's career could have been if he played a full game, so he'll always be number one. Correct, but at the same time, it was a different era where goalies were sure it was, not wearing was. what they're wearing today. So, I mean, in my mind, Kale McCarr, if he keeps on the pace that he's going and he has a full career unlike Bobby Orr, will surpass Bobby Orr, but he will never be looked at as the second best player in NHL history. Yeah, and a, a lot of NHL fans are going to feel that way. He only played 657 games, Bobby Orr. That was his total career. Right. They all should have been with the Bruins, too. His agent sucks. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was under. It was, like, either right around 700 or under. So, 657, okay. Yeah, and, and that is a good point. People are always going to put Gretzky, and then they'll either go how or or. And I don't know if people are ever going to be able to say any other different top three. Some people can make arguments, but like the general, like a general consensus is normally those three players, and it feels like, irregardless of how players do in the modern era of hockey, that feels like it's not. Well, that's it. Like Crosby and Ovechkin are probably, you would say, what top ten, but I don't think anyone's going to be in that upper, upper, upper echelon ever. The 60s, 70s, because 
the old play the older players are just so ingrained in there. Maybe put, maybe when we're the old people, it'll be different. Would you put Ovechkin in top five? Even? No? Even if he breaks the record, I don't think I would. A lot this of people a lot of people so a lot of people would put Maurice Richard still above Ovechkin as mm-hmm. a goal scorer. This game has been going on for so long, man. It's it, it's impossible to 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 break the. It's almost impossible to break most of these records and and break through these these names that have been that have made this game what it is today. Yeah, like I, the ninety two, and and I, I, that's a Gretzky record. The ninety two goals in a season. I I don't never think we're soon. ever gonna see that unless you're playing no. EA Sports. Like that's the only way you ever get to see that <laughs> that record broken. I mean, I put up a. Uh, 250 goals a season, I think, one time. Not- that has as much to do with um, Gretzky's skill as it does as the goalie and their talent level and the equipment that they had on, though. You know what I mean? Like, I'd say that's equivalent to 65, 70. Like, Austin, well, who hit? Uh, McDavid hit 60 last year, right? Or was it Matthews? Someone hit 60 goals last year, right? Some, I think Matthews has hit 60 oh, at some what? point. That might have been pasta. <laughs> but... Cass, a lot of people say that. They like to say that if, if Gretzky played in today's era, it would be different. But no one still was sick, really... Like, still was no one... No one was really close to this 92, right? Like, 50 has always been, like, the you are elite goal scorer if you get 50. And that's been pretty consistent. The 92 is is absolutely insane. No one else even got... Like, I think... I think we see 70 goal seasons, Right. Like, uh, Timo Solani had a 70-goal season. Rookie year, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't think there's ever been another 80, and there definitely has not been another 90. Um, so e- even though the era in the 80s you score a lot more, no one was still close. That's the point I always like to bring up when people say that Gretzky wouldn't have been able to do it. The, the, why doesn't everyone else be right behind Gretzky? He's still, like, miles ahead. The, the point, oh, yeah. The... The point that is always great to bring up, he could have never scored a single goal in his career and still lead the league NHL all-time in points with just his assist. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's insane. And that's still true. Well, <laughs> it's funny. It's like the brother the brother trio that has the most points is Gretzky and his brother, and his brother only has one point. Yeah. But um, I think it's a little bit more than that. Isn't it four? Is it? Okay. Well, either way, it's I, I not, it's it's little, not double it's digits. It's a little bit more than that. <laughs> It's definitely not um, double digits. <laughs> we're talking about players whose career ended early, like Bobby Orr. Like Mario's got got ended early, and he came back, and like he would have been up there too. I mean, he is, but shout out Tyson. He, Mario Lemieux should be viewed as an upper echelon player too, but his, right. he didn't play as much as he should have. Some people him put him at number two, right behind Gretzky. Like we said, or and I know I I mentioned how to, but. A lot of people would put Lemieux at that number two spot. Some people, uh, probably Penguins' uh, bias there, will put him at number one. <laughs> yeah, that's but, ridiculous. But his point per game I, pace—I think that's ridiculous. His too. point per game pace is still less than Gretzky's. So even even if he kept the same scoring pace and played as many games as Gretzky, he still would be—he'd be that thing about Gretzky only, never scoring a goal wouldn't be true anymore. But he still would be below Gretzky. Deviated a little bit on that, but that was a really great conversation. So. Kudos on that one. Uh, Moving on, we're going to update a little bit about Milan Lucic. Just to go back a little bit, in November, 
He was arrested after his wife called the Boston Police Department to report a domestic incident. He had been drinking, according to the police, and uh, I think it was out. Cass, you posted something that he was dragging her by the hair or something like that. Is that true? Yeah, so uh, more details that I saw came out this week saying they were having an argument and he dragged her by the hair down the hallway, which is, you know, just stupid, stupid disrespectful pizza movements but um yeah i mean he has a court date i think next month i know i'm, I'm trying to behave i'm trying it's to one win. it's one it's it, only it's, one only it's one. It's, it's the one i that's the one swear you're probably gonna hear from me today and it's perfectly right where it should be um, agreed the scumbag segment of the show um yeah so he has a uh hearing in february from what i understand his wife didn't press charges but the police did so it's not uh, wow. From what that's according to, I'm going to cut you off for that real quick. According yep. to the article that I read, his wife did not drop domestic charges against her okay. husband. Okay. Okay. Um, and on Friday, he was uh, he had appeared for a pretrial hearing at the Boston Municipal Court via Zoom. I know where that is. Been there before? <laughs> nope, never. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. I'm a good boy. I got no record. Right. Yeah, so uh, what I thought I heard was his wife didn't press charges, but obviously that would have been back in November. It happened in November, right? Yes. Been a while. So here's the other thing that, that, you know, he's obviously a PR disaster. They brought him back to kind of 100th season, rah, rah, rah. Like tonight they play the Canadians, um, and they had an errors night, and they debuted the 88 team of the Bruins, who finally beat the Canadians in the playoffs, and they paraded the whole team out on the ice, and they did a photo op. So one of the next ones is going to be when they won the Cup in 2011. Like, they is he not going to be out on the ice, or are they going to be stupid enough to have him out on the ice with everyone else? I think they shouldn't. I think you would agree that they shouldn't. I don't think they, they should shouldn't. either. It's, it's a yeah. disaster. I think but. Lucic has played his last game in the NHL, and yeah. it would be asinine. For any team to consider signing him, well, he's still under contract by the Bruins. Technically, I think it's like a leave of like a personal he, leave he, or something like that. He ain't coming back. Though. He's on LTIR, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's on LTIR. I don't think he he did he. I don't think he entered the players' assistance program. No. Oh no, so but he, he did. He was technically he injured when this happened, so I don't know if there's like a loophole that he stays on LTIR until his legal bullshit gets figured out. His number two, but um. So, I don't know how that works, but as far as I know, like, he's not, they don't really need him either. Like, the fourth line is they don't. pretty well. They don't the, need him. The Bruins. You know, Lauco, they just sent, the Boston Bruins just sent Johnny Beecher and Mason Lorelei down to Providence. I really like Johnny Beecher as a fourth liner, but he hasn't done too much the last week or two. So, but I like how their lineup is the way it is. I don't think they need him. I would agree with that. I mean, they've got some really good guys that are producing on those bottom lines. Uh, just keep them off the ice. It would be a bigger problem for them, I think, if they brought him back in. Uh, the optics would not look good for that team. Just, just cut ties with him once you can and be done with him. Wash your hands of him. Then again, the Bruins are kind of dumbasses and shoot themselves in the foot, just like Mitchell Miller last year. So they'll probably bring him back, you know, last week of the season or something. Do you think you do? You genuinely no think way. that? Do you genuinely they think? They need to. No, I'm being facetious. Stuff. I'm definitely being facetious. But they, you know, they had the great season going last year, and they signed this scumbag 
that did all that racial stuff. So, Cass is just making the point that the Bo- Boston doesn't have a great history of uh, with players and uh, doing not great stuff yeah. off the ice. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Bruins acknowledging that and not moving forward with any kind of <laughs> players. He's been on LTIR since October 28th. That's like one week into the season. That's crazy. Yeah, and then this incident happened on November 19th. So only a couple weeks after he was put onto LTIR did he have that run-in with the uh, Boston police and his wife. So just be done with him. He doesn't need to be playing anymore. Nope. He's made his money. He's made his money. He's made his, his career. He's won a Stanley Cup. Be gone. Get out of here. We don't need that nonsense happening in the league. What do you think the reaction will be um, from Boston fans, Cass, if he is on the ice for that celebration of the 2011 Cup? Uh, he won't get booed, I don't think. I don't think he'd get booed either. Mood, you know what I mean? He was a... I mean, personal life inside, he was a very important part of that run. Right. I mean, the kind of man he is, the the piece of crap part. I mean, people... Some people separated from the hockey. It's kind of hard because I was all about bringing him back. And then you hear this. And apparently there was a previous incident with him, too, that kind of got swept under the rug during 2011, I believe, or 2010. So there's a history there. No matter what, I don't give a crap what you do for a living. Don't, don't do that. The story. Yeah, that doesn't, need, that doesn't need to be a part so of Cass, the game. So, Cass, you aren't allowed to curse again because I guess three. So we got to keep it there. All right. That's um, got to be the last one. The, the over-under for, for Cass's swearing was, I think, six and a half is what I said. You said seven and a half, we... Jesse. I said seven and a half. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> everyone else. everyone else. Oh, there you go. There you go. I win. Unbelievable. Um, moving on from that. Edit this out. Moving on from that. Uh, Yanni Gord of the Seattle Kraken was suspended for two games for charging uh, Matthias Lickholm. Matthias Lickholm. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Brad Barshan, how do you mind or what? Yeah, yeah, he's got to be. Too much Boston talk so in this su- episode. Yanni Gord was suspended for two games for charging Matthias Eckholm of the Edmonton Oilers. Eckholm had beaten him to a puck, and Gord left his feet to deliver a hit with momentum, making contact with Ekholm's head. Department of Player Safety said in their video, if Gord wishes to deliver this check legally, he must stay low and hit through Ekholm's shoulder or core rather than elevating upward and into his head. Has anyone seen this hit? I only nope. have heard about it. Um, mm-hmm. But given what you just said, I kind of get the idea. Um, what's crazy? He, thinking, he jumped into him. Thinking about this, Jesse, think about what we talked about way early in the episode with Lockwood. Lockwood got more games for that thing he did, did with Flurry, then Gord is getting for leaping and making head contact with this guy. I think that Gord got a rightful amount of games. Yeah. Uh, so I I think that that was you know a a, a good amount. I think that uh, what was his name Lockwood. Lockwood. I think that he like got from screwed, Cloudy with so. a chance of meatballs. Flint Lockwood. Yeah. 
I think I think he got screwed there. Uh, but he's going to be forced to sit out of Seattle's next two games, which are going to be against the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow, Sunday, um, and the Chicago Blackhawks on Wednesday. Under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement and based on his annual average salary, Gord will forfeit $53,819.44. I would vomit if that happened to me. <laughs> but that's also like, what, 5% of his Yeah, these, uh, these guys are salary? all making plenty couple million dollars a year so but still 53,000 not fun Alan in our chat says would have been less games for Gord if he didn't have prior history and he was suspended I think it was I, I didn't write it down it was a couple years ago for a previous incident but I think that this is the right amount the right call uh, for him I think that it's a good amount of games for him to be out sitting out of and I know that there's been some discussion about whether he deserved that suspension or not, I personally think he does. I'm going to take my bias for my love of the Seattle Kraken out of it. I do think that he left his feet. I do think that he made a bad hit, and I it is absolutely charging, 100%. Moving on from that, we're going to talk a little bit about Elvis Merzlikens. <laughs> this is a funny uh, one. For those... It is because uh, on the 15th, on Monday, uh, the 15th of January, Jason Newland, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets for the Hockey News, stated that Merzlikens requested a trade out of Columbus following that shootout victory against the Vancouver Canucks. That came three days after reports came out that indicated that Elvis, quote, had not asked for a trade from the team, but the goalie said Friday... Uh, he and the team have agreed to that a new scenario is needed. So it's a little weird to see what is going on with Elvis because here we are uh, a week ago, a week ago yesterday, that he needs a new situation, he needs some sort of new uh, outcome, and that he didn't want to trade from the team. And then a mere three days later in his first start since the end of December, he's indicating that he wants a trade. And there wasn't really any sort of clarity on this. I don't think I ever got any clarity on this myself. Did he say that he wanted a trade or did he say something else? So Jesse, that guy, and you tweeted him and he never got back to you. Um, basically, no, he didn't. this guy is making a, base, a baseless accusation that he has nothing to back it up with because he's saying he said this in a post-game interview. The video of the post-game interview is out there. To the general public, you can listen to the whole thing. He never says he's requesting a trade. The weirdest thing he says in it is he's pulling the monster out of him. I don't know how you get that to mean I don't want to be in Columbus anymore. Because it's not. He just kind of was, he was, he was amped up. He's like, I want to be the starter. Basically, that's the different situation. Everyone knows it. He wants to be the starter. And... He needed to prove it. So that's kind of what he's talking about. I, I, I see. I, I saw some tweets saying, no, no, he said it in the radio broadcast. Well, then share it. I mean, I would love to ba hear it. Back it up. Like, I would love to hear it. Where's if he want, requested a trade, he would already be gone. Like this wouldn't still be a thing. And it's kind what of team wants him. I know there's teams that need a goalie, but what team wants him? <laughs> man, you guys can't Amanda's see it. Amanda, Amanda right just raised the hand. Every you already got your fan. Columbus goalie quota for you get, the year. You get man. Spencer Martin. That's it, was it. The, it was the wrong one, though. <laughs> they saw a Columbus goalie get sent down. They thought it was Elvis. And they just, oh, Columbus goalie sent down? We want that guy. Oh, it's Spencer Martin. Whoops. They, they didn't Does read that the mean Columbus trades. isn't going to trade him off? Does that mean Columbus isn't going to trade Merlikins? 
and that's why they got rid of Martin. Like, I don't understand why they would have sent Martin down on waivers if they're planning on getting rid of Merce Leakins if he really wants to get out. Right. It's just really weird. Because their other goalie, I think it's uh, Tarasov, right? It so, is, Daniil Tarasov. Uh, it's just one of those head scratchers. Like, I don't think they have crazy depth in their farm team, so why wouldn't you keep Merzlikin where he's at on the bench, he hasn't started a game in a while, and try and find a trade partner for him? I understand you kind of want to showcase him, but at the same time, like, is one or two games with that crappy team in front of him really going to make a difference in the trade market? I think you risk injury, too. He wants to be the starter in Columbus. Like, if he got to choose what he wants, Ew. that's what it is. Um, If he deserves it, I, I don't know, but... If I don't think he has a no trade clause, he does. He does. Okay, that he does. They, they modified. Gave, it's modified. They gave him a crazy contract, so I'm not too surprised. But um, he's not gonna want to be in a situation where he is the backup. He's made that clear. His numbers don't back it up, though. That's the that's been the issue. He's saying I am a starter, but his play doesn't really show that, and that's been the issue. Like. A team would be willing to trade for Elvis to be a backup, but he doesn't want that. So then he's going to be whining and complaining no matter which team he's playing for if he's in a backup role. And teams don't want that. They don't want a guy who's demanding to be a starter, whose goals against average is above three and his save percentage is floating around nine, sometimes under. Like Amanda, maybe your uh, Carolina Hurricanes should go after Ottawa Senators goalie Jonas Copasalo and just hit the trifecta of Columbus goalies. <laughs> She would love that. You, you mentioned Merzlikens' stats. He's had 25 games played, uh, eight wins, nine losses, six overtime losses, 3.26 goals against average, 0.905 save percentage. He has three years left on his contract at $5.4 million, and he is the 11th highest paid active goaltender See? in the NHL. See? See? Just 3.25, and I know a lot of people say his numbers are inflated because he's on a bad team. But how are you going to take that gamble? Amanda, can you tell what that defense is ranked in the NHL? Would you be willing to accept $5.4 million cap hit on the Carolina Hurricanes? I don't think they can do it. I think she'd I rather think have Olmark at 5 mil. Instead of Every team would rather have Olmark. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you meant, We mentioned that last week, too, about how uh, you think that Olmark's going to be gone more than Swayman. Yeah, absolutely. I also wouldn't do Swayman's whatever the... Um, the Bruins don't need defense, so they don't they don't need Pesci. You know, what I mean, that was one of the trade things. Like they're pretty good on defense, so what? I would take a forward. I know Amanda's but... still looking something up, but and we don't have to get into this too much. But what would you want in return for Allmark draft picks? So he's, I'd have to look to see if he has one or, I think he has one more year after this year, and a cap hit a five mil. Ah, it's hard. I would like to see. Well, a if you're the GM, plus uh, I don't know because I, I feel like I'm going to be asking too much if I ask for a first round pick plus a, a roster player. You know what I mean? So a you'd want an NHL ready player. guy, and then a, probably a second or a first round pick. And a uh, you'd be picking. This is where the Boston, Boston can get their it. center. This is where Boston can get their center if they trade Linus Holm. That's what they should do. Even if they don't get a first round pick, if they can get a solid center, that's a good return. See, like, if I was Boston, I would do, like, I don't know, Olmark in a sixth-round pick for Elias Lindholm and Ladar and a third-round pick or something like that where you get a backup goalie to backup Swayman, you get your center of the future, and you get a little bit of draft capital. 
You're overvaluing Allmark a little bit more. I know, I know. With that. But if I hold the cards, I don't have to make the move either. You know Fair what I mean? So, I'm in a position of surplus. I'm not in a position of need at this point. They are third in the league. It's not like goal. It's not like they they put up nine goals tonight too. It's not like they're desperate for. You know, they are. They do need some more forward depth, but they're not desperate. So someone has to blow me away with an offer in order. To which is what I think happened last year. If he was available and they were shopping him, I don't think they got blown away by any of the offers that they got. And that's why he's still on the team. I, don't, I would be shocked if they traded Swayman. But then again, they traded Joe. I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I, I don't I, think so I would either. be surprised if it does. Unless they can't come to an agreement on a contract. Because he's an RFA this last year. Last year. Yep. Okay, so, uh, they're ranked around 30th. Took, it took a little 30th, bit, perfect. about 30th, uh, for their defense. Do you know who's 31st and 32nd? Do you still have it up? Uh, 31st is Ottawa, 32nd is San Jose. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Where's um, Washington? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm just curious. Watch Lindgren just list out a good one year. through 32 for us, Amanda. Let's not. <laughs> don't do that. We don't have time. Uh, Washington is 12th. Wow, thought they'd be a little bit higher. Interesting. So even given that fact that Columbus is 30th in defense, you're still taking a gamble on Elvis if he can perform well with a good defense. And um, Alan just commented again saying that Elvis did request, but there just wasn't interest around the league. And if he did request, I just haven't, I, I don't know, I guess I just need to see more proof that he did. But he definitely could have. The, the only thing I can find, like, officially is, like, on the NHL.com website. I saw that, um, too. Yeah. And the only thing it's saying, like, quoting him saying, after my last interview, everybody knows I, re- I requested for a trade. And then he goes to talk about the game. Oh. So apparently it's common knowledge. I guess pulling out the monster equals by want to be traded. There's some major confusion about this entire scenario because I'm under the impression that he did not request a trade. The NHL website, which is obviously significantly more uh, impactful than my opinion, is saying that he is. So I don't know. I don't know where we sit on this. It just makes the situation all the more confusing. I don't think he's going to be gone by the trade deadline unless he does something that is so super impactful for the Columbus Blue Jackets and blows people's minds out of the water. I don't think he's going to be gone by the trade deadline. I think this is going to have to be an offseason thing that they take care of to get him out of Columbus if he wants it. So I know not a lot of teams will take him at 5.4. Will teams take him at 2.7 if Columbus needs half the cap? But that's for what? Like they would four have years? That's that's not going to happen. You're not going to take half a south. Three years. Still. like Three years after this. I can't see Columbus retaining that much for three years. Um, Alan said it's Elvis. He's a drama queen. Any team would be smart to avoid him like yeah, the play. Yes. That's what I was kind of saying. Like, this guy. He, Except the Carolina Hurricanes. He He's shown that he's kind of a headache. He's demanding to be a starter. Like, you don't want a guy like that. You want a guy who's going to come in. I'm here to fill the role that's needed. Unless you're a dude like Sergei Bobrovsky being paid $10 million, there's no way that Florida is going to make someone else the starter over him while he's here. Um, I've mentioned this before. I don't think that the numbers that a guy is getting paid should warrant no, it where he you're is right. in the lineup. You're right. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But it, it because does. Because if Stolarz um, all of a sudden blew everyone's mind out of the water and was lights out over Bobrovsky... Put Stolars in. 
Kind of like, like Lion I mean, was last year. Yeah, I, I, well, they I, did. I think that's what I was they did for six straight games, and and I guess it's it's fair. You're right. They did kind of do that. Um, and Bobrovsky then went played out of his mind for most of the playoffs and proved that he kind of earned it there. Um, but yeah, I try not to talk too much about the Panthers because then you guys are like, ah, you're just all over talking about the Panthers. <laughs> and I'm trying to trying to do better, so. I hope that's been noticed. Bias. It's a bias. I just like to talk about my team. <laughs> Speaking of no one else's team, moving on from Elvis Merz Lincoln's uh, Holy crap. today. And this is this threw me out of the this threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting it. It was announced today that Lane Lambert, former head coach of the New York Islanders, has been told to go to hell and has been fired from the team. Um, is that a and direct then they quote? Replaced... You, no, that's, oh, that's, a, that's a me quote. <laughs> I wish. I, I, I could see Lamarilla saying that, though. <laughs> Tell him to go to hell. Get him out of here. Rah, rah, rah. That's Rhode Island Hockey Hall of Fame, Lou Lamarilla, to you, sir. He was replaced with uh, Hall of Fame goaltender Patrick Waugh who has not coached an NHL game since the end of the 2017-2018 yeah. season. That's I, I think the hire is almost more surprising than the firing. Like, I think the firing kind of came out of nowhere, but to go with Patrick Waugh? Like, whoa. I don't think that was the, a good move by the Islanders. If you're going to fire the coach, okay, but... What? I love this, it. This is the guy you're going to go with? And like you said, I he hasn't coached the game it. since 2017, and... And the team he was he'd only coached the Avalanche, right? I don't think he coached anyone else. The, Correct. Those yeah. Avalanche teams were mid. Like they were okay. Like, but He got coach of the year. He did? When he was coach of the Avs. Yeah. Well, 2013-2014 Jack Adams Award. He was what? one one he he had 130 wins, 92 losses, and twenty two over twenty four overtime losses in his three seasons. Well, the Avalanche didn't he win wasn't Stanley a bad until coach. they got rid of him. No. So But yeah, I mean they also didn't win until they got rid of the coach after that either. Or was that's Bednar what, that's what I'm saying. From him? That's what I'm saying. Was Bednar a direct hire after Wad? Do we know that, Amanda? My point is, this team has been very, very, very inconsistent. Um, they've gone on winning streaks, and they go on losing streaks, and they go on winning streaks, and they go on losing streaks. He's not going to tolerate any of the bull crap. He's not going to let them get away with that kind of stuff. He's going to hold everyone accountable, and he's going to be exactly what that team needs. So they're going to be another. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals for how many years in a row? You know they're going to be a pain in the butt to play against again. He's not going to let any player skate by. I think he's going to get the best out of the superstars that are there. And if anything, he's going to not that Sorokin and Valamov need the help, but he's a goalie. He knows how to talk goalies to the goalie. You know, it's a totally different language in a certain aspect. I think it's a great hire. Okay. I think it puts the Islanders back on the map, and I think they're going to be one of the two wild card spots now. Hot take, hot take from Lamarillo said in a call today that Patrick Waugh was the only person I was interested in. Wow. There was no one else that Lamarillo wanted for this position other than Waugh. So I mean, it was either Lambert or Waugh or nobody. And if I remember correctly, other teams were interviewing for head coaching jobs, and he just didn't make it through the final processes of the. Uh, at the end of last season. I'm pretty sure he was... Um, I want to say he might have got an interview for Columbus before they hired Babcock. Babcock. I could be wrong. Though. But holy crap, what a bombshell to drop on a Saturday afternoon. 
from the, from the island. This island. Yeah, the, I've, they fired I and hired in the same day. Normally, you don't see that. That's what's kind of surprising. They must have been already interviewing guys. Lamorella knew he w- he was like, "You're done. You're in. Get them the hell out of here. We're going on." Do you think he interviewed him? Like I, that's why I said this interview process must have already been going on while Lambert was still coaching, which is kind of crazy. The best part of this is that the Islanders play in Montreal on Thursday. <laughs> Love it. I'll be putting money on that game. I'm not excited about it uh, at all. I hate the uh, Islanders, and I do not want them to be successful. Wonder why. Jesse's sweating. I love it. I am. I am sweating a little bit. I've been sweating it's, since uh, January 1st, honestly. Is the, the team's gone. I think New York's going to bounce back up, Jesse. I wouldn't count them out yet. I think they're going to. I think the island is going to bounce back up, too. That's what I've been saying, Brett. <laughs> no, please clarify, Brett. Please <laughs> oh, sorry. The Rangers. About. But <laughs> you won't be sweating, Jesse, if you end up going to the stadium series. So that's for sure. So we're going to talk about some awards predictions that we have. It is relatively early. In, I guess not relatively early. We're, no, we're halfway, halfway through, through the season at this point. Yeah. So I think that this is a good time for this sort of conversation uh we're gonna go over our predictions for the heart trophy the vezina trophy and the norris trophy brett i'm gonna let you go first so um for vezna i think this was a pretty easy pick um it's definitely connor hellebuck that is i feel pretty clear cut the dude is second in wins and his goals against average is second in the league only behind aiden hill and aiden hill's been unfortunately unable to play a lot because of his injuries. Um, and then Connor Hellebuck also tied for second in save percentage, only behind, once again, Aiden Hill. But Aiden Hill just doesn't have quite the amount of um, work that Hellebuck has. And Winnipeg is one of the best teams in the league right now. And a lot of that credit's got to go to him. No, not, a lot of, <laughs> not a lot of people. So that's the easy one, okay? I think for the heart, it's a little bit more i think you could go a couple ways just because mcdavid's not playing out of his mind right now uh, edmonton's playing out of their minds lately but Connor mcdavid currently seventh in points um one thing and i, I hate to predict predict this but i can see kucherov winning the heart again especially if the lightning make the playoffs so i'm gonna put that qualifier in there if if tampa makes the postseason and kucherov continues producing this way I think Kucherov wins the heart because this is a team that's been struggling. They've shown they've regressed a little bit. But if Kucherov's production brings them to the playoffs, I'd say he probably wins the heart. Hope neither of those things happen, but that's just um, <laughs> that's a prediction. Personal I bias? Yes. <laughs> I can try to be like, I hope this doesn't happen, but I, I mean, it's, it's not out of the question. For the Norris, it felt like it was definitely Quinn Hughes' to lose. Um, but you know, Cal, Kale McCarr is now first in points. Um, and they like the people who vote for Norris. They like to give the, to the guy who's got the most points right now. That's Kale McCarr. Um, but I can, they're kind of, I don't know, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. They're both like, as far as they're definitely not two way defensemen. They're both definitely both offensive, but. I'll say let's give it to Quinn Hughes. Even though Cam McCarr's ahead points right now, I'll say it goes to Hughes. Cass? For the heart, I really want to see Elias Pettersson get it. I don't think 
Um, I don't think uh, Vancouver would be where they are right now without the contributions that he has. That's a figure. It's an MVP thing. Like I have Mac one, Kucherov two, and Elias Pedersen three. But I really want to see Elias Pedersen get it because Mac and um, Kucherov are there every single year. You know what I mean? So they're Pedersen always contributing would be new. the way they. Yeah, they're always contributing the way they do. It just so happens that Jesus isn't there this year. So going above and beyond this year, I got Elias Pedersen. As far as the Vesna goes, see, that's another one. Like, I have Hellebuck number one, Demko two, and then I got uh, Connor Ingram three. Can you repeat like, who you had at two cast? I don't, I don't, I couldn't. Uh, Thatcher, Thatcher Demko. Demko, okay. I mean, it, 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 the. The consistency that you'll see over all three of my awards is the Canucks. They came out of nowhere this year. It's just the way it is. Um, Norris, I think Quinn Hughes is going to take it. Even if even if uh, Makar has 10 more points, I think it's Quinn Hughes' award to lose right now. He's been a dynamic playmaker and a big difference this year. Oh, yeah. On the Norris. Just like I've been saying, Makar, you've... You've almost come to expect it. He's not going above and beyond. You know what I mean? So I think it's, and I, I think Noah Dobson should be in the top. Noah Dobson, far away third, been awesome you know? this year. Great fantasy so. draft pick for 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 me. Been big happy, big big. That was that was like kind of a surprising pick when I I took him. He's been paid off big time. I like that mention of Dobson. So well deserved mention as well. Especially with a new coach that's going to bring the team in and get going. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Jesse, here's your three. So for the heart, I had uh, McKinnon as number one. Um, I had Artemi Panarin as number two and Nikita Kucherov as number three. Uh, so I think McKinnon's going to win it. I mean, he's up there in points. He's producing really well for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I think he's a shoe in for it. For the Vezina, I'm kind of gonna. I think Demko's gonna win it. I think he has a really good argument for winning it. Um, he's been lights out for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they've just. I don't think they would be where they are without him. And that's just where I'm at on that one. For number two, I have uh, Hellebuck in that position. And then uh, I'm going to give my guy Charlie Lindgren a shout-out as well at number three. I think that he he's third in the league in goals against average. He is tied for second with Connor Hellebuck at save percentage. He's only got two uh, shutouts, but my God, that guy just came out of nowhere all of a sudden. So I just want to give him a little bit of a mention there. And then for defensemen, I do think Quinn Hughes is going to get it. As Cass said, without Quinn Hughes, Vancouver, without Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko, Vancouver are not going to be where they are at in the standings. I think Cal McCarr is going to be second, and I had Noah Dobson in third as well. So you're, I feel like um, with that, you know, we kind of mentioned, you just mentioned Quinn Hughes and Demko's impact, but uh, Cass, you're saying Pedersen should be considered a big part of the impact for Vancouver. Isn't that kind of a pushback against him winning the heart? Be- because. No. No? I, I don't know. It's just like that team, there's so many, like the whole team's clicking this year. You could talk about. You JT could even Miller argue too. JT Miller. Exactly. Up there. Exactly. Like Which what? is insane. 
I mean, he's got 61 points. He's tied for fourth with Artemi Panarin. JT Miller just came out of left field as well this season. And it's, it's, to me, it's about the players you don't expect to do what they do. Like, Gooch and Mack are expected to be great. Whereas Pedersen, yeah, he's he's a top-tier player, but he's on that upper echelon this year. Just like Quinn Hughes. He's supposed to be a top-tier defenseman, but he's just bringing the game to a next level this year. If you have any comments that you want to make, just let them know. Let us know in the chat about those uh, predictions for Hart Trophy, Vezina Trophy, Norris Trophy. Um, I think that we all have some really great, solid pickups on that. Amanda, do you have any opinions on who you want to see for those trophies? Pretty much follow what what you guys have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Alan in the comments is hardcore campaigning for Demko as well. Jess, Jesse and Cass got him. I'm the one who just went all out on Hellbuck. <laughs> Surprise, we got Alan. We got Surprise Alan's not harping on Decord. Decord. He would have been last week. Really quick, Alan is giving all Vancouver Canucks Demko for the Vezina, Hughes for the Norris, and Pedersen for the Hart, which is bizarre, right, Alan? Wouldn't you I say? Like it, but and Rick Tockett for the Jack Adams. <laughs> and then Rutherford for GM of the Year, right? There you go. There you go. Just give it all to Vancouver. Power rankings time. Amanda, I haven't seen the list. Have you sent it anywhere? No, it's a secret list. She's gonna keep, it's a secret. We get to find out it here, live, tonight. Exactly. You guys have to find out. And so then just a quick reminder for our listeners as to how we come up with this power ranking list. The five of us, Ethan, who's not joining us today, sent his list in as well. The five of us rank our top 10 teams. Um, team number one gets 10 points, and it goes down from there. And then I average the points, and we get our list. This month, we had two teams who were not even a consideration for last month just pop up out of seemingly nowhere, which really won't be a surprise. But for this month, in first place, we have the Canucks who were one of the ones not on our list, anyone's list, last month. Second, we have the Jets. Third, we have the Bruins. Fourth, we have Avalanche. Fifth, we have the Rangers. Sixth, the Panthers. Seventh, the Stars. Eighth, the Oilers. Another one not on the list. Um, ninth, the Knights. Tenth, the Fire. It, it, it almost sounded like you were just going to run down the NHL standing, so I'm glad there, it took some variation there at the end. <laughs> So before we break this down, does anyone have a team on their personal list that was not one of the teams that I made? Um, I think there there was. Hold on, let me pull up mine real quick. I should have already pulled it up. Um, where Amanda, can you send that somewhere? Hmm? Yeah. Did you mention the Hurricanes in that top ten? Oh no, the Hurricanes just—they were eleventh. Um, out of okay. everyone, I yeah. have. I had the Hurricanes in there, but I think you mentioned all the other nine teams I had. As long as the Stars were there. I think I, I, think I heard Stars. Yes, they were seven. I just want to know if Ethan had, like, the San Jose Sharks at number two this week. <laughs> <laughs> Original six San Jose Sharks, number two. The Nashville Predators at number one, right, Ethan? <laughs> his his one shocker from insane. his list was that he had the Knights ranked fourth. He's making up for last time he did it. He put he like the Knights. I think he has no choice. Yeah, 
that's where I had Vegas. I had them at eight. Um, I did too. Yeah. I, you know, I put Ed, I put Edmonton in there. I put I put Philly in there again in my top ten. Uh, Winnipeg moved up significantly from my last prediction. Jesse, just break well it deserved. down from one through ten. Tell us what you got. So yeah, at number ten, I had Philadelphia. Uh, they've made a pretty big impact over the last month, and I think that it's well deserved this time. I know a lot of people, Brett, had some uh, uh, arguments last last month. Um, Number nine, Edmonton. Unfortunately, as much as I hate to see it, they are climbing in the standings. Uh, they had that really impressive win streak. Still are going. They still on that? It's still going. They're still going with that. Yeah, so well-deserved there. At number eight, Vegas Golden Knights. They fell a little bit in my power rankings, um, but they also fell in the standings. They're dealing with some injuries, though, so I think that's that, that, that is expected from them. At number seven, unfortunate fall from grace for the New York Rangers. I had them at second last month. Number six, I've got Florida Panthers. Number five, I've got Dallas Stars. Four, Colorado Avalanche. Three, the Vancouver Canucks. Two, the Boston Bruins. And at number one, the Winnipeg Jets, who are well-deserved for that number one spot. I'm surprised you have Vancouver at three. I feel like they're guaranteed locked to you. I had them at number one. I'm kind of surprised you put them out of the, the two. I had a really big conundrum with myself on where I needed to put Vancouver and Boston, and so I eventually just locked it in, sent it to Amanda, and I was like, I can't do this anymore <laughs> because I'll be here forever back if I forth. don't send this list to you. I don't think your list brings any hot takes outside of that, but you still got on three. So that's not crazy. Your, your list is somewhat similar to mine, but I I've got a couple, there's a couple differences and I'll go down mine and I'll say the big shocker for mine is how high I have Edmonton. Okay. So I 10, I also have the Philadelphia flyers and nine. I put the Carolina hurricanes. They've been doing well, despite their goaltending issues. Like I mentioned already on this episode. Um, then I've got that, the stars at eight. And then I have the Rangers and Panthers, same spot as you, Rangers at seven, Panthers at six. I would have liked to put Florida higher, but they're on a four-game losing streak, not looking good. But we also are missing a Barkov right now. So um, that's been playing an impact in that. Anyways, then I've got Colorado at five, Boston at four, and then I put Edmonton all the way at three. Wow. Edmonton all the way at three. Then I've got Winnipeg and Vancouver at two and one. So I've got a top three Canadian for power rankings. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver. But Edmonton, I think Gross. I think Edmonton's gonna continue this. I think that's I mean, they've been clearly the best team in twenty twenty four. That's the year we're in, right? Uh, <laughs> I yes. think so. Uh, they've been the best team in twenty twenty four. They're on I think it's twelve games now uh, of of winning. And Gross. even though eventually the streak will end, I think um, I don't, I don't think they're going to win out the rest of the year, but I think this is the Oilers team for the rest of the year. I think this, that they struggled early. They made that coaching change. And ever since then they've played better and now they're playing at the top of their potential. And I think, I think that's more what we're going to see out of the Oilers for the rest of the year. So that's why I'm putting them at three because of the current run and what I expect them to do the rest of that coaching change made a really Huge. big difference for that team. Huge difference for that team. Cassidy, would you like to go down your list? Yeah. I like Brett. I got Edmonton at 10. Okay. Um, I still, there's still some um, red flags for me in net. I do like that coaching change, and obviously the uh, their main two are turning up the heat, but there's still some red flags for me. Um, nine, I got the Flyers. Um, 
gosh darn it, they're still there. I don't know what else to say. Uh, eight, I got the Knights. Um, I don't see them going anywhere, and they're still somewhat staying in it with all the injuries that they have, and they haven't had that number one goalie for a while. Um, seven, I have Dallas. I mean, same uh, six with the Rangers. They're just kind of there because, you know, um, they're just good. I, I don't know what else to say. They're, they're built solid. This is the grind of the season right now in the middle of the season. Nothing really to kind of get up for. So it's just the, uh, the middle of the season where you're just trying to get as many points as you can. Florida, I got fifth. Um, they're just so nasty to play against. I, I don't know. I obviously see them a lot in the Atlantic Division. Um, they're just the way uh, the way Sam Reinhardt's playing. It's just it's crazy. Oh my it's, God, he's disgusting. Oh, I did get dude. to talk about it's this. Ridiculous. I was trying not to, but uh, yeah, broken NHL. Uh, number four is uh, <laughs> just kidding. Moving no. on, moving on, real quick. Have fun paying him next year if you can. I hope we do. Um, number four is Colorado. Um, I still think uh, Georgiev is overrated, but with McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Kale McCarr on your team, it's kind of hard to take them out of the top five. Uh, three, I have Boston. Can, real yep, real go quick, ahead. going back to that, you said Georgiev is overrated. Can you yes. elaborate on that overrated. a little bit? Overrated. Um, no, I can. I, I think he plays in front of an excellent team, and I, mm-hmm. if I remember, I think I don't think I really Well, that's what this. happened with uh, Grubauer, too. Correct. And that's what happened with Kemper, too. Yeah. You true. I mean? True. So it's, I understand that's, that. That's, okay. that's the Avs effect, you know. Which, uh, you might even say, you know, it could be, that could be said about Boston and Winnipeg. Like, those both those teams have pretty decent defenses if you put that goal. No, Hellbuck is insane. Come happens. on. He is, but he also plays in front of a good team, too, is what I'm saying. So team defense directly affects the numbers on those goalies. Anyway, I have Boston at three. I watch them every night. They, I didn't like how they were playing a couple of weeks ago. They seemed to turn a corner and they, you know, they put on, up fourteen points, fourteen goals in the last two games. I mean, that says enough. Winnipeg number two. Uh, they just got Kyle Connor back and they're still rolling. Um, and Vancouver just, I wouldn't even had them in the top fifteen at the beginning of the season this year, and they're just, they're, they're nuts right now. I, I no one expected gonna, Vancouver. No. I would not no be shocked if them. they win four of the main awards this year coming at the end of the season. So. Neither will Allen, right, Allen? <laughs> Said the same thing. You guys also want me to read off Ethan's 10 since he's not here to read his off. Yeah, so we can crap on him. We'll crap on him here. while he's not here. Yeah, let's do Ethan's first. <laughs> yeah, let's do Ethan's first. Hopefully, he, hopefully you're watching, Ethan, so we can crap on you. So, Ethan in 10th had the Oilers. Ninth had the Hurricanes. Oops. Garbage. Eighth. Garbage. Eighth had the Stars. Seventh had the Flyers. Sixth had the Avalanche. Fifth had the Rangers. Fourth had the Knights. Third had Bruins. Second Jets. First Canucks. No Panthers. Did he? Hold on. No I Panthers. was going to say, he didn't have the Panthers on his list? Nope. What? He kept the Knights in. Wow. Exchange That's for the Panthers. Crazy. I put his Ethan, stars on my list. <laughs> I think the Knights on his list are are a little too high. Again, I mean, you know, they're going through some really bad uh, 
uh, injury bug, but I mean, they haven't really been winning games. They did beat the Rangers decisively a, a couple days ago. And as long as we had our buddy, on the whatever, list, all four of them ready for the win. Gritty the fool. Gritty the fool. Aside from that, though, I, I think that that's probably the only. He just needs uh, to switch out Vegas and Florida. Had. How could he? I think yeah. it's criminal that you're not Florida on that list. Ethan, are you listening? Are you listening? I'm going to text you right now. How do you not have Florida on your top 10? Now, Ethan did eventually get back to me and said they are on a four-game losing streak and constantly getting massive penalties. They are slipping. So I wanted to make sure I added that in. That was Ethan's reason for not having the Florida Panthers on his top 10. Amanda, do you want to do yours? Oh, mine. I had the Hurricanes 10th. Um, as much as I am a, love my home team, like they're Bias. getting there, they're getting there slowly. This is the first time that they've made it on my list. Um, ninth, the Oilers, eighth, the Flyers. Even though they're direct competition to the Canes, I really want to see them do well. Um, half of that is just my love for Torts as a coach. Um, I do love Tortorella. Sexy John. Perfect. Um, seventh had the. Stars, sixth the Panthers, fifth the Rangers, fourth Avalanche, third Bruins, second Jets, and first Canucks. So no big real shakeups for my list as well. That's a pretty solid list, I would say. Yeah. I mean, nothing really too crazy on there that I would uh, indicate being a, a hot take or anything like that. I just still can't believe that Ethan didn't have the Panthers on his list. He does it for the clicks. He does, he does, he, he's he's that's why. Yeah, that's he, he, wants, he wants the conversation. He did it last month uh, as well when he had Arizona on his list and yeah. no one else did. He put Arizona. He had Vegas down at like eighth, right? And they were like, <laughs> ninth. had like second. Yeah, ninth last, last month while everyone else had them like first or second. The air must be really thin in Texas. Hey, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, you can't see it. All right, I, that's okay. <laughs> Don't know what happened there, but okay. This year has been absolutely wild for the NHL so far. We're only 20 days in, and there's been so so much of dramatic shakeup, in my opinion, with like the Rangers on their streak, the Vegas, uh, the Golden Knights on their streak. Vancouver's still killing it. Uh, the Kings fell down really, really far. Uh, off of almost everybody's list because they were fourth on our previous month. So, I mean, what is going on? All of a sudden, there's some sort of major shakeup in the NHL, and we're seeing teams that haven't been performing starting to do well, like the Carolina Hurricanes. Boo. Well, it's nice to see, too, because if you look at the standings from around this time last year, I bet you, like, in playoffs position, Vancouver wasn't there. You know what I mean? And the Flyers weren't there. You know what I mean? It's nice to see some new blood in the top 10 of the NHL. You know, obviously, like, Winnipeg, no one thought Winnipeg was going to be that good. Everyone thought Boston and Florida was going to take a step back. Edmonton started off complete garbage this year. So it's nice to see some new blood in the upper echelon of the league. I'm not too surprised Los Angeles took that step back. Just their roster makeup and... Their goaltending. Their goaltending's not their good. Their goaltending yeah. was... Cam Talbot, Talbot was falling down there. Well, Talbot, Talbot was playing above, way above his potential, and now he's kind of come back down to the level he he kind of was expected to be at. Should be right. at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That would How be. much does Rob Blake regret that Pierre-Luc Dubois trade? And it's only year one. Uh, has a... But, I mean, Velarde and... um, There's another guy. I follow. I'll follow. Uh, have they been... I follow, yeah. Have that, how have they been doing, though? I know this would be a whole other conversation, almost. But I think, remember the last time we looked this up, like, they were doing okay, right? Um, they weren't doing, like, whoa. Insane. I I follow has seven goals and ten assists in forty three games played. So that's seventeen. And and who's who's the other one? Uh, Velarde. Velarde. And Velarde is at eleven goals, nine assists, uh, plus eighteen in twenty five games played. What about uh Pierre Pierre Luc Dubois now? P. L. Dubois. P.L. Dubois. I'm pulling it up right now. So, he side is... note, because you decided to have an accent, Laura couldn't wrap her head around the fact that the new Islanders' has last name is... And the Islanders' coach's last name is Wah instead of Roy. She's like, it shouldn't she be... She's just now learning that? get this. <laughs> yeah. There's, o- so there's already been Nicholas Wah in the league. I forget. Crap, I which team is we- he on? Isn't he on Vegas? Vegas. That's there's a, right. There's Vegas. a one. Yeah. Uh, um, I, no, there is a one on Canadians, too, because they were on tonight against the Bruins. There is one um, in L.A., too. I think it's Matt Y. Anyway, PLD. Circle back on PL Dubois. Du, du, du Patrick Wah. Uh, he is at nine goals, 10 assists, 19 points, minus 11 in 42 games played. At least he's enjoying the beach. Blardy's <laughs> played 25 games and he's got more points than PLD. Is what you're telling me. Excellent. I love yeah. it. At, at least he's enjoying the yep. beach. And, and clearly and the paycheck. And clearly, getting him off Winnipeg's roster has been a big help for them. And that's because yeah. even though Velarde and Ayafalo haven't, haven't been producing insane, I know Velarde's numbers are, are decent, um, but still it feels like the impact of just him not being there has kind of made the major impact, which is not not a good thing for him and for any team that will have him in the future, which looks like it'll just be Los Angeles, and they're going to just have to eat that contract. I, no one, no one's taking him on. I was just, I understand PLD can be a really good player. I was just shocked they gave up two roster players for him. I'm worried it set up, it set back. He, used, he was a third um, overall pick. So. Rebuild a little bit. I know. Line A was the second overall pick, and you don't look at him anything special right now either. So that's because he just keeps getting hurt. Yeah, ridiculous, oh. ridiculous. Well, that does it for us this week on Top Shelf Dusters. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Yeah. If you were watching on YouTube, if there's anything that you want us to discuss, you can email us at topshelfdusters at gmail.com. Again, that email is topshelfdusters at gmail.com. My name is Jesse. Uh, this is Brett. Hey, one more plug. Um, don't forget, follow us on X slash uh, formerly known as Twitter. Always known uh, as we Twitter. Have, we haven't advertised that too much. Yeah. So. We have not. <laughs> so on Twitter, we are at Top Shelf Dusters. It's X, that easy. Twitter, whatever, at Top Shelf Dusters. Yeah, follow us there. Yeah. But anyways, this was Brett. This is still Cass. This is Amanda. Tyson's going to be really mad you stole his line. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Credit to Rob Padaveno at Robbie Padaveno on Instagram for the song. Thank you, man.